Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedean, and today I am so happy to have on the show Rex Afra Sahabi. He is a lawyer and the principal of MA Legals, a legal firm in the greater region of Melbourne, Australia. Rex, how are you doing today? I'm very well, mate. Yourself? I am blessed. Thank you for asking. Like I said, I'm so happy that you're here. And before jumping into all these amazing things that I want to talk to uh, talk about with you, give us a bit of background who you are. I gave you really like a short bio of who you are, but like, who are you? What do you do? Tell us about uh, about yourself. Certainly. Look, I do a few things. I'm predominantly a lawyer. I've got a law firm called MA Legal. I founded it about 14 years ago. I'm the A in MA Legal. Um, I had a partner who was the M, obviously. Um, from there, I've expanded into various other business ventures myself, including a mortgage firm, property developments, and other things. Uh, I'm a judge for various um, awards as well including like Young Achievers Australia and the like. Um, I've got a show. I'm a co-host on a business advisory show. I'm the resident lawyer, I suppose. Um, I give seminars and lectures to lawyers and business people. And I try to stay fit and active and always challenge myself with something new and somewhat crazy from time to time. I love that. I love that. We're going to have so many like great insights from you. I am sure just with what you said for understanding your business and as well, for the people that are just listening to this in audio, the man is wearing a phenomenal suit. We are going to talk about that. He has a background in fashion, and we are going to jump into that. Like I mentioned, I am a huge fan of fashion as well, so we will talk about that. But before doing so, tell me, when it comes to business and when it comes to having a team under you, what is the first thing that you tell to your new lawyers coming in or anybody that's a young entrepreneur that really wants to succeed in a specific industry? What is like some of the advice that you tell them that potentially you would like to have had when you were younger? Um, work hard, be driven, have a very clear focus and picture of where you want to get to. I love that. I love that. And I always say this on the show, clarity is is mastery. Honestly, if you do not know where you're going in such a pro-efficient way, then you don't know necessarily what you're working towards. So I love the fact that you have your clarity, work hard and go towards it. And Rex, tell me what kind of enthralled you to start your firm. And in the beginning that you started your firm, obviously we talk about so many great successes, but talk to me about some of the difficulties you had, some of the downfalls that you had that you learned from at such a high level when you started your very successful firm now that you've been doing for uh, 17 plus years, you were saying? Um, there's a lot of pitfalls when you start your own firm or start any business, I'm sure. You do everything when you start your business. When you're, a, uh, I had a partner, but when there's only two of you at the start, um, there's a lot of work to be done, including accounts and bookkeeping and actually the work and working on your business and in your business. Um, a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings, um, but you kind of 
work through it. And as you grow, it becomes more management and more working on your business than inside your business. I love that. I love that analogy and understanding that in the beginning, you're working in your business and then going towards working on your business. And can you unpack that a bit? Because uh, like, uh, like everybody knows, I'm a professional speaker and a peak performance business and life coach. And I work with a lot of CEOs and entrepreneurs that have a hard time transitioning towards doing everything and then starting delegating and letting go. How was that process for you? Was it something you were already imagining and comfortable with, or was it something you had to develop to really be able to let go some of the, the reins and kind of delegate the work? I think it's, uh, I'm not sure if I know many people that are born with that skill or talent. It's a, it's a talent and a, something you have to learn. It's really hard to let go because it's, it creates more time. It, it sounds like it's more efficient, but in my experience, initially, it's less efficient. To, to do something yourself, if you've mastered something, if you're good at something, it doesn't take you long to do but by the time you explain that to someone, get them to do it, it comes back to you. You've got to fix it and go back and forth till they get it right is a process. But once you get that process right, it's well worth it. It's just being patient through it. I, I love that. I'm just going to highlight that right there. I always say this delegation, there's a lot of patience that is involved. And you have to understand that you're going for the long-term gratification instead of the immediate. Because in the beginning, I'm sure like you've delegated something. Maybe once you delegate it, you're like, hey, I could have done it better. I could have done it faster. But in the long run, once that person understands what you need from them and vice versa for you to understand how to speak to that person, then they get the work done and then you could do other stuff. So I 100% love that you highlighted that. And Rex, as you're a lawyer, awesome suit, awesome corner office that yeah, I'm seeing and guy. all that. One analogy that I'm seeing, and I'm sure our viewers and our listeners will probably create the same analogy, is the show Suits with Harvey Specter, right? <laughs> and that's the analogy that a lot of people that are not in law have that understanding of like, oh my God, law is amazing. You go from court to court, you do this, you do that. Now, what can you tell me about the law industry some of the greatest things about the law industry and some of the things that are not as great or the things that can be optimized that you would see within your experience? Um, look, I love the legal profession. Um, we help people, uh, whether in their personal life, in their business transactions, and we're entrusted where it's the highest level of trust someone's given their matter, which is no matter what it is, it's really important to them. For us, it might be very, you know, something that's not as, well, it's very day-to-day operation, some some mat- transactional matters, for example. But for them, it's very important to be entrusted with that is a blessing and something that we should really value. And then from that, they, they trust their friends or their colleagues or their clients and refer them to us. And I think it's it's a wonderful thing. And when you get results and you see the happiness, there's nothing more rewarding than that. I love that. I love that. And the fact that you were talking about giving back value, understanding that you're privileged to serve these people and more on the service side of things. I love that because that's my ideology. Honestly, if you want to succeed, put massive value in the marketplace and it will come back to you in tenfold. So I love that approach. And you talked about the positive side. What are certain things within the law industry that is can be optimized, that is a bit more difficult, things that you don't like as much, let's call it? Uh, people and other lawyers. Uh, <laughs> lawyers is a very arrogant field. Um, people like to flex muscle and, you know, do certain things that are questionable for some people's morals. So, you know, it's you can't control that. I think it just attracts the type of people it does attract. Um, but you just navigate through it. 
I, once again, when you talked about clarity in the beginning, this is why I'm like so specific on like, hey, tell us something that you don't like about it. You have to know what the industry is going to bring. So then once it comes about, like you said, you're able to navigate it accordingly. So I love the fact that you created that and you you brought that in the forefront. And as you know, this show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show and everything's about performance and high level. So I want to know, Rex, what is your routine to be a high-performing individual, to have the success you've had? And when we're talking about your success and performance, we're talking about even before you step foot in the office, what are some of the rituals, the habits, the methodologies, the books you read? What do you do to really become a high-performing lawyer such as yourself? I'm very goal-driven um, and challenge-driven. So I've got set goals for business. I've got set goals for my personal life. And I like to keep challenging myself. Um, the latest challenge I had was what, after watching too many Rocky movies growing up, I had a professional boxing fight um, in end of March. So, you know, it's stuff like that. Before that, I wanted to ride motorcycles around a racetrack. So I did that. Um, it's just different things to push myself and make myself go into it. Um, I call it a sense of meditation. When you're going around a racetrack on a motorcycle or if you're in a boxing ring, with someone trying to hit you in front of 1500 people you're in that state you're in that zone you're blocking out the world it's like inner peace in a very high-paced way uh, which yeah i i know i'm looking for my next challenge i love that i love that and that's something i want, definitely wanted to unpack because what you're talking about essentially is being in a state of flow and in the book flow by Mihaly Chinsen Mihaly is exactly that, that he's explaining. And Rex, when you're in that boxing ring and you have a guy in front of you, in front of 15,000 people trying to legit put your head off, yeah. you're not thinking about law. You're not thinking about money. You're not thinking about your amazing family, daughter, and so on and so forth. All you're thinking about is what do I need to do? So that moment is almost like you said, meditation, because you're not thinking about anything else in that present moment at such a high level. And that's one thing that I did notice when I was researching you, uh, Rex, you have a lot of other passions other than law, other than work towards, like you mentioned, like the fighting game, UFC, uh, you ride motorcycles, so on and so forth. And how do you balance that? And is this work-life balance more predominantly present now that you have a certain structure and was it as present when you were starting your firm as well? Uh, I balance it now by making time for myself. Um, and I've got the, the fortunate ability to do so now with, with the right people who I've trained or who I've put the time in that can do the work to give me the ability to do what I want to do now. Starting off, definitely didn't have that balance whatsoever. I worked very long hours um, and, you know, it is what you, you do the time. Um, if you do it right, it's, it is rewarding. That is. But it comes back to what we were saying before. It's taking the time out to teach people and focusing on that delegation. Once you learn that skill, it frees up your time to do other things. I, I love that. And, is that something that you, when you were going through the process of really putting in the time of working towards something throughout that process, were you ever doubting it that you would get to this point, that you would get to a point that you would have this successful firm, that you would be able to have more leisure time, more time with the family? Was there any moment throughout the process they were like, oh my God, this is kind of tough. Maybe I should get up. Maybe I should go get a job. Maybe I should just be a lawyer within a firm, not do my own. Was there that period? And if so, what did you do to kind of continue through it? That period is common all the time. It's not just those times. I still get the fear from time to time. It's just a frustration with people sometimes or situations. You just go, 
is it worth it? Is it am I just better off going to work and not not worrying about as a business owner, you don't switch off. It's not a nine to five job ever. You're gonna be on all the time. So and as an employee, you don't have that necessarily. So yes, have thought about it. Will I ever actually do it? No. Um, and the way I get around is like, yeah, there is these extra hurdles that come in my way, but I've also got so much extra privileges. So as a balance, it's well worth it. I love that. I love that. And Rex, before I go into the fashion stuff, tell me, where do you get most of your knowledge, your personal development? Is it something like you do read books? Do you listen to podcasts? How do you consume the information you need to consume? Or you're just so consumed with everything in law that you don't necessarily have time for that? How do you develop your your personal well-being on that end? Look, with law, it's constant education. You've got to keep upskilling yourself. It's an evolving practice. That's why you always practice law. No one kind of gets it right. Um, but in addition to that, you need to, I do a lot of time developing myself. Um, I use, the thing that works great for me, it's, a, it's an old theory. Sigmund Freud made it. It's a pain and pleasure principle. Um, not sure if you've heard of it. Um, Tony Robbins does a whole speech on it as well. Uh, basically, your body will always avoid pain. Even if it's a choice between pleasure and pain, you'll avoid pain. So to make yourself it's easy to reprogram your mind to do things if you have that mentality that if I can make something more painful, I will do it. I'll avoid it. So, for example, the person, if I want chocolate, if I look at chocolate as pleasure, I'll go for it. But if I look at chocolate as pain, if I touch that piece of chocolate, I'm going to um, gain weight, I'm going to feel bad, I'm going to get acne or something like that. The chocolate becomes painful and I'll, I don't want to have it anymore. Using that simple principle in all aspects of my life, I want to get up in the morning to go to the gym or go train. If I'm thinking, oh, it's so nice to be nice and snuggled in bed, I don't want to get up. But if I think if I don't go and beat myself up a little bit, I'm getting up and I'm going to go train harder. And points for Gryffindor, my brother, that is gold, what you just said. Like, I mean, let's highlight it because what you're doing is you're reassociating neural networks toward that actual thing. And you're creating, instead of that pleasure aspect, you're putting pain towards and really reassociating it. Thank you for sharing that. Because honestly, I'm going to look at it in my own life and see what are certain things that I'm associating pleasure when I should be associating pain and creating that new neural pathway for my brain to really understand it. So Thank you for sharing. It takes a while to get it right. Uh, But once you do, and it it takes a while, and I still fail, and I've been trying to do it for years. Um, I still don't get up every day to go train. Most of the time I do, but it's not 100% foolproof, but it does work. It makes things so much easier. Like there's no, it's because it's so painful. You just want to avoid it. I've got a different way of thinking towards things. And it's easy to implement that to any aspect of my life. I love that. I love that. And is there a way specifically that you do it other than just like telling yourself, is it like a process or you just continue to repeat that? Hey, no, this is pain. And then you associate the pain with it. Is there something specific other than that, that you use to create that pain aspect of that activity? Yeah. For me, it's got to invoke feelings and emotions. If it's just repeating something to myself, it's not going to do anything for me. Everyone is different. So I don't know how people work, but personally for me, it's got to, if I can evoke emotion towards the pain, I'll get through it. I'll avoid it. Rex, I don't know if, I don't know if you have a background in NLP or any of that stuff, but what you're saying is 100% accurate because 
your subconscious mind associates so much more with emotion, not with the words in itself. So if you create that emotion, like you said, the example of the chocolate, like the acne, and then you feel what it is to have acne, you feel that insecurity and all that, then you will actually create that. So I love that you mentioned that. So mention it. And most importantly, put the emotion that's linked up with that thing in itself. So Rex, I mean, that, that was golden. And like I said, I definitely did want to talk about fashion. I do know that you were previously in fashion. And once again, our, our perception of law or maybe mind looking at suits, everybody's in suits and all that. But I know not everybody wears a suit in a proper way. There are certain gentlemen that when you wear a suit, like, yeah, this dude knows what's up. You're wearing a nice little pocket square. You have a three-piece suit on. You know what's up when it comes to that. Talk to me about your experience in fashion and the experience that you had in fashion. Does it help you as a business person in what you're doing? So I was a, uh, so straight out of university, I started working at different firms, um, larger firms. And um, then one of the firms I worked at, then I went to a boutique firm. They represent three people in the BIW Rich 100 list in Australia. So it's kind of high-end um, work. They shared an office with a fashion company. Um, the fashion company does uh, all the – so optical and sunglasses is not – is always licensed out from the fashion companies to – so Luxottica is the biggest – sunglass producer in the world and they've got the license to um, all of Gucci, um, all the Italian brands um, and all sunglass huts and OPSMs around the world are owned by them as well. Okay. So we, I, I, I was 28 single. Believe it or not, I had long blonde hair and blue contacts um, at the time. Um, still wore suits, but I think boy bands was a thing back then. Um, so the fashion company had certain clientele and people that went in there compared to a law, an old law firm. So Friday night drinks turned into a job opportunity for me. Uh, I joined them as their general manager. Uh, which was a lot of fun, a lot of international travel, um, a lot of Sydney. We earned up in retail stores, you know, manufacturing in Italy um, and Japan and distribution in Australia and around the world. Um, so that, it was a lot of fun. Um, and that industry knows how to have fun. Like you land somewhere, you go to some events, um, fashion shows or whatever the case may be, or trade fairs. Um, you go for dinner, you go out to a club, you end up somewhere. It just... And then you wake up and you do it again. Uh, and by the time you get back home, kind of jet lagged. Um, and then, you know, catching up on the 4,000 emails you missed whilst you're away for five days. And by the time you nearly caught up, you're off again. Which uh, is, it sounds like a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun as well. Um, honestly, for me, even though it was fun, everyone goes to a dream job. Uh, what it lacked was emotion or it didn't satisfy my personal whys. My personal why is to help people and to learn and grow. It, it satisfied the learning and growing part um, and satisfied, I suppose, the single male side in me um, as the testosterone part in me. Uh, so those two were satisfied quite well. But apart from that, it didn't satisfy. I wasn't helping people. I didn't feel like I was doing enough with my life. Um, so that's when I quit. Um, you know, and my boss was lovely. Um, he said, you know, the company didn't let me quit initially. Um, they helped me transition into my own law firm. So initially I had some accrued leave, so they let me take one day a week off to work on my firm, then two days a week, then I was doing a not paid and working on the firm. And then they kind of transitioned out. They were one of my first clients. I still do work with them now. Um, it was a good transition into my own law firm. And 
doing my own law firm gives me my why. I help people, and that's why I do it. It's nothing more rewarding. It does pay, but there's nothing more rewarding. Rex, I mean, there. I, I'm just by hearing you speak, it's so clear and obvious why you are successful is because you have massive clarity. Even when you were younger, going through that amazing, like you said, something you're like almost drawing this picture of like traveling the world, seeing amazing people, fashion shows, life, the nightclubs and all that. It does attract a certain clientele and it could be fun. But even throughout that process, you're like, hey, what is my true purpose? And my true purpose is to serve others. And am I doing it here? So it's really cool to see that even then you were able to spot that at and you were able to follow that throughout your whole life. So congratulations with all that, Rex. I mean, that's just oh, thank you. It's still a work in progress. Yeah, 100%. As we all are, right? It's It always is and always will be. But as long as you have those, those fun, fundamentals and that proper structure and foundation, then you could add first floor, second floor, third floor on your house and it won't collapse, right? So it just it just seems like you're, you're kind of doing it right with that, that aspect. And the second part to that question is, is there anything when it comes to physically fashion, wearing a specific type of clothes that you think is more advantageous for somebody that's more fashion oriented in the business world towards somebody that is not fashion oriented or doesn't understand the how to dress a certain way when it comes to business? Um, fit. Go with fit. Some people go for labels. Some people go with, um, you know, certain styles. Go with fit. If it fits you and your body shape, go with that as a front. And then stick to basics first. Um, you know, loud, colorful suits are great, but for certain situations. Basics, nice fit will work 10 out of 10, nine times out of 10. 100%, 100%. It's always about the fit. It's always about how clean you, you bring it. And I love the fact that you mentioned as well, especially for gentlemen, if you go for a classical, like a gray, navy blue, black, whatever standard suits, that's beautiful. And then you could put some accessories to flamboyant it a bit more, but at least the base of the suit, you'll be able to wear it for decades in a sense if you take care of it properly and if it's good quality. So I definitely understand that. Now I want to ask you two last questions before I let you go. The first one. Rex, your closest friends, your closest family, your closest mentors, if they would look at you and define you in one word, what would that be? Driven or extra? Driven or extra. Okay. Let's unpack the extra. What do you mean by extra? Uh, I, I don't, when I do anything, I get obsessed by it and I have to it so uh you know i've got this obsessive personality at times if i get something silly in my brain i just have to do it i love that i love that and that makes perfect sense once again like a bit like you said in the beginning of the podcast sometimes you have to give a time towards where you are within your journey of life like you in the beginning when you were doing your firm you were gung-ho doing so many hours and now as it's getting bigger now you're able to step back and do all of your leisure activities such as the boxing which by the way boxing the way you you just told me it wasn't leisure i'm sure you spent a lot of time preparing for it oh yeah 14 hours a week of training at least that's that's no joke that's no no joke so for you to get to that point you have to have that obsessiveness in the beginning then you have something that's rolling and then go towards that so Rex, once again, thank you very much for all this. And before I let you thank go, you. where can our audience reach you? If anybody is in the Melbourne area or do they just have to be in the Melbourne area to use your services? Talk to us about where we could reach you, how we could get your services. Yeah, look, anyone can contact me if they mention your um, podcast and you, or yourself. Um, there'll be a no obligation, complimentary initial conference. Um, we do, do do legal services worldwide. We can assist with agreements and stuff worldwide. It's predominantly in Australia. 
uh, but we can assist worldwide. Awesome. Awesome. It all, everything will be linked up in the show notes. So Rex, my brother, thank you very much for blessing us with your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Such a pleasure. And yeah, we'll definitely uh, do it again in the near future. Looking forward to it. Have a great day. All right. Likewise. Have a blessed time. Ciao, ciao. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day. Thank you.